Welcome to Girls Gone Hallmark, a Hallmark Review podcast. I'm Megan, and I'm a longtime Hallmark movie fan. I'm Wendy. I'm your former Hallmark hater. Today we're discussing Love and Jane, which originally aired on the Hallmark Channel on Saturday, February 10th. Hang out with us outside of the podcast on Instagram. We have two accounts. You can follow us at Girls Gone Hallmark and at Megan and Wendy. Come join our Girls Gone Hallmark Facebook group. We're talking about Love You Wary and even have a pretty good discussion going on. The newest Hallmark movie that's not even on air yet, An American in Austin. Only available on Hallmark Movies Now currently. Yeah, a lot of people have watched it, though, already. Myself included. And there's also a pretty spirited discussion about today's movie going on as well. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. All right, are you ready to jump right into a synopsis? I sure am. Lily, a hopeless romantic and literary enthusiast, is surprised when her wish to talk to her favorite author comes true and Jane Austen herself appears in her life. Hey do some news and notes okay love and jane was written and directed by david weaver david has 42 directing credits with three upcoming projects including new bingo space the series holidays he also directed christmas island lights camera christmas and sweeter than chocolate recently david has nine writing credits although this is his first writing credit for hallmark i have a little note later on about how that came to be he wrote the 2023 Lifetime movie Boy in the Walls. Ooh, that sounds like something I would watch. Mm-hmm. I'm going to look for it. Allison Sweeney plays Lily Thorpe. Allison Sweeney, hey shares a birthday with Megan. I think this is brand new information. I don't think ever shared here on the podcast, right? I think so. FYI, Megan's birthday is September 19th, and this is the second most common birthday on the calendar. Now, you know two other people that share your birthday. People is a big term. One of them <laughs> is podcaster Elizabeth Lame, and yes. the other is Harry Potter character Hermione Granger. So bizarre. Well, I looked up when my birthday is, and it ranks like 136. So, well, what's funny is 99 is the number one most popular birthday. Just 10 days apart. That's bizarre. So So. it's like holiday conception. (laughs) Is that right? (laughs) Evidently. New Year's Eve. Yeah. Mm, Interesting. In 2023 alone, Allie appeared in three Wedding Veil movies, as well as two installments of the Hannah Swenson Mysteries. She will reprise her role as Hannah Swenson alongside Wowie Zowie Victor Webster later this year. Benjamin Ayers plays Trevor Fitzsimmons. Benjamin has 98 acting credits. In addition to well-known Hallmark appearances like Field Day, Cranberry Christmas, and You, Me, and the Christmas Trees, he also appeared in six episodes of the Canadian series Family Law, most recently, which stars Victor Garber. And I need to figure out the mechanics. Someone did DM us at one point with how to watch Canadian TV in Mm -hmm. the States. Mm Mm-hmm. And my brain short-circuited because there were multiple steps. (laughs) I know it's not that hard. I do need to figure it out. Victor Webster? No, that's not who I'm talking about. You just said it. Victor Gardner. Wait. Is it Garber? I think it's Garber. Garber. It is Garber. From Uh, Alias. That's who I'm thinking. Yeah. He's so good. He's such a good actor. So great, right? Yeah. Kendra Anderson played Jane Austen. Kendra has 26 acting credits. She has appeared with Allison Sweeney in Zest for Death, a Hannah Swenson mystery, as well as the fifth installment of Signed, Sealed, Delivered. 
Adila Dasani plays Alicia. Adila has appeared in several Hallmark movies, including Beverly Hills Wedding, My Christmas Family Tree, and a picture of her. She has 64 total acting credits. Nevin Burkholder plays Mother Trucker Barry. <laughs> this is... <laughs> I couldn't help myself. This is one of Nevin's 32 acting credits. He was previously seen in Hallmark's A Dickens of a Holiday and The Christmas Contest. He also appeared in one episode of Once Upon a Time, of course, like every other Hallmark actor. Naturally. William Vaughn plays Brennan. William has a handful of Hallmark roles in his 45 acting credits. We most recently saw him as the rival real estate agent in Three Bed, Two Bath, One Ghost. Love and Jane was filmed in Vancouver, British Columbia in May and June of 2023. And according to Heavy.com, we get a filming location, Gateway Community Church, that has been utilized in several other movies, including The Matchmakers Mysteries 3 and Never Kiss a Man in a Christmas Sweater. When they got something good, they keep going back to it. I guess so. Are you ready for first impressions? Yeah. I'll go first. This okay. story feels very familiar to a fan favorite movie we just reviewed. Drawing crickets? a complete crickets. Blank. <laughs> a complete blank. Absolute crickets? Well, maybe maybe it's not uh, so obvious. Uh, are you thinking blueberries? I am thinking blueberries. Yeah, yeah. that is a coincidental timing. I share this in our Facebook group, but... Facebook group member and Girls Gone Hallmark listener Mike often sends an email of his thoughts of the movies. And hilariously to me, the subject of this email was alternate title, Talk to Me, Ghost Jane Austen. And if you listened to our review of The Irresistible Blueberry Farm, that's funny. It's very funny. I laughed out loud when I saw it. As did I. Uh, I don't think he's wrong, though, because, you know... That Blueberry movie had, she was talking to a ghost in that movie. There was kind of like this weird proposal, broken engagement. It just, there were some parallels. Not a, exact, obviously, but I just thought it was weird. What's your first impression? My first impression is I feel like sometimes I could use a ghost from the past to impart some wisdom. Look, this is, this is like, do you ever have, do you ever look around in your life and you're like, I just need someone to help me. I don't know what I'm doing right now. I just need someone to help me. And I don't know who to ask. Like, I just need someone to tell me what to do. And I don't mean about big, like, life choices sometimes. Sometimes I I I just want help. I don't often feel like that because I don't get, like, hung up on, like, making decisions. So it's less about making decisions and more about maybe a ghost wouldn't be the right. Although this was a corporeal ghost. She was able to lift that teacup. To me, it's like, I just would love someone whose only purpose exists to, like, appear when I need them. Yeah, I would like that, too. I need a ghost assistant. (laughs) Ghost wife. (laughs) (laughs) Because sometimes I'm, like, doing a project. I'm like, man, I could really use some help with someone who knows what they're doing. And there's nobody around that fits that description. A ghost wife that has the same brain as I do that can just... Exactly. The obvious... My other two set of hands, I don't have to communicate my needs to them. (laughs) I love it. I really love it. That is where my brain went during this movie. Oh, my gosh. That's funny. That's really funny. Funny, funny, funny. What we liked. Well, let (laughs) me say... Let me say this. I felt like... 
the basic framework was there of a good movie, mm. but for me, it like didn't fully come together. And I deep dive into that in the wishes department. But with yeah. that said, there were a couple of things I liked. And the first one is I did enjoy some of the moments between Lily and Jane. Not so much like the, the old-timey dancing that they were doing or whatever, but like when they're watching a movie on the computer, I thought that was funny. Mm-hmm. And, it was and her very, reaction to Mr. Darcy on screen. Yeah, all, you cute. know. That kind of stuff I thought was really cute. Another highlight of mine, I I really liked Lily's pitch to Trevor and like the future of Scribblers. It was very passionate and it spoke to me. But also, I have to say you have to keep up with the times here. Maybe... Do you know what I'm laying down here? I can't... No, I do. I got really in the weeds about that pitch. I thought, yeah, that that does speak to me too. I. I love a bookstore. I love the idea uh, of place where you go and lose yourself in stories, right? Sure. But small bookstores, unfortunately, are not thriving in 2024. And I think they needed more than just a place that's like, let's return you to the era of bookstores past. They needed some bigger thinking here. Mm-hmm. And I think they host her book event there, her book club there. They need to make this an event space. It's a oh. bookstore. How else are they getting people in there? Because the reality is the appeal of places like Amazon is too big sometimes to overcome the desire to like immerse yourself in a lovely place. Mm-hmm. I I have a lot of thoughts on that in my wished category. Okay. A lot. Finally, this I have very few likes, so I'm just rolling through them here. My last one is, I did like Ben Ayers in this role. I read some criticism in our Facebook group that he needs a haircut and a shave, but I thought he looked great. I thought he looked great. And I felt like his look was appropriate for someone in the tech world. You can't be too buttoned up. A hundred percent perfect tech bro look. Exactly. And then the flip side to that is I'm not sure he would have been the guy for the role if one of my wishes were true, but we're ah. going to get there. Okay. I uh, Like you, I don't have a ton of likes. I don't think the book club was 100% as well executed as it could have been. However, I did appreciate their attempt to diversify the book club. Mm. Trucker with the I Love Jane hat. I mean, it's a funny moment, even though my husband's like, come on, that dude doesn't like Jane. Um, There have been books written about the unlikely Janeites out there. And I don't think it's simply women who are swooning over the love stories being told. I, There are other people who appreciate these books. Okay, hold on. I want you to pause right there for a second. The commentary from your husband is so wild to me because he is a man who loves Hallmark. He does not look like someone who would watch (laughs) Hallmark. And I have to go back to Mike's email who also said he's not a guy who comes off as someone who loves Hallmark and was told that when he went to like the Hallmark, you know, fan fest events. So it's so wild to me that your husband's like, come on, that guy doesn't like Jane Austen. Anybody could like anything. I think that is excellent insight that I did not pick up on in that moment. And I was like, come on, they're making a point here. That guy could like Jane Austen. And it's, I can understand the appeal of Jane Austen as a long haul trucker. Like you just get in and you've got 
this beautiful audiobook, Soothing Away the Road Rage. Yeah. And what if, what if this was like some sort of subconscious narrative that they're saying anybody can like Jane Austen? Well, anybody can like Hallmark too, mm-hmm. you know? Maybe there's Love some it. parallels there. Anyway, go on. Um, uh, silly note. I'm glad they brought us full circle with the cattle bit. Funny little button at the end of the episode where Trevor's going to invest. Okay, I'm going to need you to explain it to me because I think I maybe I missed the first part of it. And at the end, I was like, I don't get this. What the hell when are they talking about? When she first meets Jane, she's running through like the qualifications of her man. Like, is he good enough for you? And she's like, what about cattle? Does he have any cattle? Because that shows uh. that he's always going to be able to provide. And she's like, no, Jane, he doesn't have cattle. And then Got it. Jane brings it up at one point, blows her off. She's like, there's no cattle, Jane. And then... We come full circle. It was silly, but they closed the loop. Okay. I can appreciate that. This will tell you how closely I did not watch this movie. I read an article. We'll link it below. But it is about the origin of the film. And from Sweeney, she says, I've always been a huge fan of Jane Austen. Like everyone else, I've watched like everyone else. I mean, not quite like everyone else. I've watched the BBC version of Pride and Prejudice a million times. I was filming a different project, and one night in the hotel, I saw the 2013 movie Austin Land with Carrie Russell. I went to work the next day, and I was telling David Weaver, the director I was working with, how much I loved this cute movie. And he was like, wait, you love Jane Austen? I said, of course, I love Jane Austen. And the conversation led him to pitching me an idea that he had for a story about a woman who loves Jane Austen, and then comedy ensues. We fell in love with it and right away said we have to pitch to Hallmark. Turns out the network already had plans for movies about the author. After ours came in, they developed the idea of creating a whole event around these Jane Austen stories they had. I like, I'm going to talk about the casting in a minute, but I like when people make things that they're passionate about. It was made because of an actual love for the author. It works for me. Mm Mm-hmm. But let's talk about what we wished for. Okay. It absolutely guts me to say this. Mm-hmm. But I think I would have... I think Ali Sweeney was a miscast in this movie. I would have preferred... Uh, woman on Woman Crime, someone younger in the role. I agree with you 50%. Okay. Um, I don't... I think Ali Sweeney was a miscast. And I have a ton of affection for Ali Sweeney. And Ali and Ben are both actors that I have a lot of affection for pre-Girls Gone Hallmark. These are not actors that I have grown to enjoy. I'm a high school Days of Our Lives watcher. She lives in my heart. The two of them together weren't a perfect fit. While I did like Ben in his role, I, I didn't see a ton of chemistry between these two. Well, they spent so little time together on screen as well. Like, it made it hard for me to believe that these t- two people were, like, into each other and, romantically. Yeah, that's a great point. Um, I I hear what you're saying about her age. That – maybe that is what's bothering me. It's not what stands out to me. I just – for me, it's the – well, this ties into my other wish. I think this should have been a little more Emma and a little less Pride and Prejudice. And Emma – Look, Clueless is an Emma remake. Emma is about a matchmaker. I think she fits better in that role than trying to make this 
Lily, Trevor, Darcy, Elizabeth romance they're trying to make us buy into. Mm-hmm. And that's what bothered me. I didn't love their romance. Got it. As much as I did the other bits. Got it. Okay, well, this is, let me tell you where my mind went while watching this. So for me, Lily was full on like, get off my lawn about the internet and modern day conveniences like Amazon or mobile ordering Uh or whatever, right? And TikTok, TikTok was even mentioned. And I just think it would have been more interesting if an elder millennial or a gene, a Gen Z actor would have played the role of Lily because I think you have someone who is that age to complain of such things comes off quirky versus annoyed. Do you know what I mean? Well, I think Allie's roughly our age. I don't know how old she is. We grew She's up. She's 47. I. I looked it up. She's okay. <laughs> so she's our age. We grew up pre-social media. We grew up pre-online shopping. We grew up before all of this. So I think it's not terribly unusual for someone of our age to be kind of like not baffled. Obviously, we know how to use the internet. But it's not 100% unusual for someone our age to not have integrated all things internet into their lives. Yes. Whereas your point about it being a you know, younger millennial or an older Gen Z actor, it stands out more for someone who has been raised on the internet to have those feelings. Mm-hmm. And I, that's an excellent point. My issue with the online thing is you are not going to run a successful business without embracing the internet. You cannot have this fully offline. And I know they weren't going to be fully offline, but You can't have a business that doesn't embrace convenience alongside the in-store shopping experience. Right. And when he says, I will always prioritize in-store shoppers over online shoppers, that's such a dumb thing to say. Because how does that work? First of all, I did not like the scene where she goes in. He's like, I'm sorry, this book has already been sold. And she's like, I'm here right now. That's a the conversation's over. The book has been sold, lady. I'm sorry that you happened to walk in as he was removing it from the shelf, but that that just happens sometimes. Arguing, and what are you going to do? You're going to sell it online, have it ready to ship, and someone walks in and buys it, and you're going to sell it to that person? It doesn't make sense. Mm-hmm. I agree. I agree. I was bothered by all of that, too. Can I also complain about something else? So Lily, she talks about, like, TikTok, right? And I Mm. thought that's such a narrow mindset to have because there's so many wonderful online communities, uh, book talk for one of them, Mm -hmm. like where conversations about Jane Austen and her writings continue to serve like larger audiences. And she's got this, nope, we can only, you know, meet in person book club. Not that she ever said that, but like she was so closed off to anything beyond like an old-fashioned way of doing things. Well, and if I can take that a step further, once again, we're talking about this small independent bookstore that we're trying to make a success. What a better way to sell people on the hominess and the quirkiness of your store than by having a thriving TikTok presence? Do you know how easy it is to make a business go viral by bringing people in? And once again, I think the events would lead to this, but 
make it a place where people want to make cute little videos. And then people are saying, where in Boston is that? I'm going to go there. I want to host a book club there. Narrow-minded is the right word. Finally, one more comment about age. Yeah. I read a comment. I It maybe was in our Facebook group, and it said that Allie Sweeney needs to take on more age-appropriate roles, and I want to know your thoughts on that. I saw that comment. It doesn't resonate with me because I'm not sure what's age-inappropriate about this role. Maybe I'm not thinking deeply enough. Is it that she's still single at her age? That doesn't bother me. I don't think it's that unusual. What do you think? Part of me, I'm right down the middle, to be honest. Like, part of me is like, why would we shut out Ali Sweeney out of roles? Because of 47, being 47, like, there are plenty of single women who are 47, right? But then on the other hand, it's like, She is 47, and I would prefer to maybe see her in roles where she plays a divorcee or Mm. she has teenage children or – that's more, like, reflective of my life. Not that I divorce, but I have teenage children. You know what I mean? So I don't know if it's totally fair that – for someone to say that she should take on older roles. I think what I wish to see is more diversity in storytelling because we don't get a lot of that middle place storytelling. We get early relationships. We get the Barbara Niven of it all. There's not a lot of midlife in the thick of it. I understand that it's not as romantic to be a woman with teenage children as it is to be a single woman, but – Uh, We could diversify. Look at who your audience is. Look at their life experiences. And you can still make movies that are escapist, that do show a life that some of us can relate to. Oh, my God. That is a perfect point. Thank you for saying that better than I could have. I I absolutely agree. The issue is I don't want Allie Sweeney to not be on Hallmark. So we're giving her the roles that are available to her. But perhaps she'd like to play a variety of characters as well. Writers, take note. I know yeah. there's some of you that listen here. So write us write us some diverse stories. Okay. Do you have any other wishes? I have a few more. No, go ahead. I have no idea what Trevor was trying to do with that bookstore. Like none. Like I felt like it was a misma- mismatch of like tech words, right? And I thought, mm-hmm. is this one of these like storylines where they're like, the viewer is just supposed to disregard. We don't understand what he's doing because the biggest point that they're trying to make here is that Lily is here to remind everyone how special books are, right? Yeah, it, the, it didn't make sense to me because, again, he's a tech bro. He's got this faves app, but he's opening a one-off bookstore that has zero focus on the online space. It's a miss for me. Mm-hmm. Complete 180. I hated the wardrobe that they put Allie in. Just so many thoughts about that wardrobe. It was like so not good. <laughs> you know, I Keith really costumes. Where are you? Okay, well, are you aware of who the costume designer is? Oh God, no, I'm not. I looked it up. 
And would it surprise you to know that this is the same costume designer as Betty's Bad Luck and Love? Yes, because I loved Betty's Bad Luck and Love. Uh-huh. Would Not the movie, the wardrobe. Would it to know that this is the same costume designer as A Christmas Waltz? <sighs> so where did it go wrong with this movie? The costume designer's name is Gerilyn Detienne. You can actually find her and her working partner, the Wardrobe Girls on Instagram, and it is Wardrobe Girls underscore. They also did the costuming for Guiding Emily, The Wedding Cottage, three Wedding Veil movies, just one kiss, excuse me, four Wedding Veil movies. I don't have, as mentioned, a huge affection for Jane Austen movies. And they were trying to give her this like Regency inspired look. Mm -hmm. And I agree with you. It didn't fully work for me. I'm trying to look at it through the lens of like, some people were like, oh, they're trying to make her look romantic and lovey. And it was a lot of florals. And I think they aged her. Although, I do think the cut of some of the dresses were quite beautiful. There's a blue floral wrap dress that she wears with these heels that lace up her ankles. That's absolutely gorgeous. But some of the other florals were a little dated. I did love Jane's dress, though. That's all. Okay. Finally, I have one more thing. Mm. Does Lily have any interests outside of Jane Austen? It, like, totally consumes her. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Very one-dimensional person. I yeah, just... like, you're not going to turn on some Bravo. You're only going to turn on a Jane Austen <laughs> movie at home. Can you imagine Jane and Lily watching Scandal on their computer? <laughs> that would have been freaking amazing. But yeah. Let's talk, did you see that? I forgot uh-huh. that I do actually have. Oh, okay, tell me. Well, I don't want to take yours away. Oh, um, but I, I was... have five, so go oh, ahead. Oh, good. Oh, okay. Um, I was really bothered by the lighting in the bookstore. Oh, it's... me too. That's my number one. God, it's so dark the whole time. And I don't, it seems intentional. They could have brought lights in. So what are what are we trying to do here? Like in the first one, it kind of, I, I was hoping that we'd see a transformation when Trevor takes over the bookstore, that it would just become this beautiful light-filled space. Something doesn't have to be dark to be cozy. Mm-hmm. At one point I was watching this and I was like, I I was watching it on TV, but thinking I was watching it on my phone where I could, like, adjust the brightness of it. <laughs> you know what I mean? It was yes. like, everything is too dark for me. I'm My eyes, I can't do it. You're reminded to see that. First of all, Lily hates the internet, but she recommends an audiobook, like, to the trucker guy. Mm. I thought it was so weird because at the end in her pitch, she is on this full diatribe about like how special real books are. Of course, a truck driver can't read a book while he is driving. But like, what would she know about audiobooks? You disagree? I don't know. I don't know if an audio, I mean, like you can get an audiobook on CD. Maybe she's I mean, like old timey and not is it all down 1999 with the at all. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, yeah, audiobooks preceded the internet, but she's got to be somewhat accessible. I did read a comment that said that not prioritizing online sales was ableist because not everybody has the ability to be in a store. So mm-hmm. maybe they needed to cover their bases just a little bit with that one because it is ableist. Once again, reminder to suggest that listening to audiobooks does not count. Hmm, interesting. 
Okay, next one is Alicia and Lily are walking and talking, and they are taking the tiniest. Pieces. Oh my gosh! <laughs> How short are you? Was that little road? <laughs> are you actually moving? What is happening? <laughs> yes. It was so funny. I was like, it they was must so only have funny. like 10 feet to work with. And they're like, ladies, you got to stretch it out. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Oh, my gosh. And then finally, no, I have two more. She orders a Tom Collins. And like, they made like such a big deal about being an old-fashioned drink. And it is, but it's considered a classic cocktail. Like, I can't imagine a, a well-versed bartender wouldn't know what a Tom Collins is. Or have at least heard of it, and then maybe they go back behind the bar and they go, remind me what's in a Tom Collins, or they Google it, right? Yeah, yeah, exactly. And finally, I just thought, okay, disastrous proposal. I can't even remember that guy's name that he makes to Lily, right, in the bar. But she came back with, like, savage, savage breakup. She tells him, like, because they're talking about Jane Austen, and she says, most of Jane's writing is about being forced to do something you don't want to do. And I was like, yikes, just say no thank you. Right. <laughs> what I mean? <laughs> Kick the man when he's down, too. That's all. That's all. I'd like to thank correspondent Mike for this final Did You See That? Because I did in my notes write Fitzsimmons slash Fitzwilliam, because I have unfortunately read Pride and Prejudice, and I, Fitzsimmons is Trevor's last name. Uh, Darcy's name is Fitzwilliam. And I wonder, like, I put a question mark. But then he pointed out that the pub owner's name is Mr. Whitcomb, uh, which is very similar to Mr. Wickham, which is also a Pride and Prejudice name. And he says every time she calls him Mr. Whitcomb, it sounds an awful lot like Wickham. Mm. So is this intentional? I don't know. I don't know. I'm curious, Megan, where is this falling in the Jane Austen lineup for you? Below paging Mr. Darcy, that's for sure. Yeah, agree. What did you rate this movie? I gave it two stars. As did I. Okay. (laughs) Thank you for listening to this installment of Hallmark Does Jane Austen. There is no The Way Home this week. You may have noticed yesterday, but we will be back Next week with three brand new episodes, including a new episode of The Way Home. In the meantime, hop into our Facebook group to talk all things Hallmark. And if you love this podcast, we love your five-star ratings and reviews. You can leave them in the podcast app of your choice. We'll see you next time. Bye. Bye. Bye.